Shalom and welcome everyone to the ICEJ webinar series. I'm David Parsons, one of the vice presidents here at the International Christian Embassy in our Jerusalem headquarters and uh, our senior spokesman. Uh, of course, uh, we're, what, day 47 of Israel's war with Hamas, so we're going to be talking about that again today, and particularly the media battle over Israel with our guest Gil Hoffman, the executive director of Honest Reporting. And tomorrow we'll have another webinar, 3 o'clock Israel time, uh, with General uh, Amir Avivi, talking about Israel's multi-front war. We'll, we'll have a, a former Israeli general, he's still in the reserves, uh, talking about uh, Israel's strategy, how much progress. We'll have lots of questions for him. But today, this never-ending media battle over Israel, and of course, it always intensifies when you have a conflict. And helping us uh, deal with this today is our friend Gil Hoffman. He formerly was the... Uh, uh, chief political correspondent for the Jerusalem Post, uh, but uh, over the past year or so, he's moved over to be executive director of Honest Reporting. This is more than just fact checker. This is someone who, you know, they they monitor the media and look how they're spinning things and might take facts here, but twist it the wrong way, and, and how there's a lot of media bias against Israel that really intensifies in times of conflict. Gil, good to see you. Let's uh, um, get into, you know, uh, what Israel has been facing over, you know, uh, almost eight weeks of, of conflict now. You sort of almost expected all the different elements, the protests around the world, the bad uh, media reporting. But first, let me, let me focus on the headlines of the day, this uh, hostage release which uh, Israel, the various levels of the uh, Israeli cabinet, war cabinet, security cabinet, the full cabinet approved it last night. It looks like it'll uh, kick in tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, but how is it being reported? How is it playing out in the media? How do you see the coverage going on this? Uh, it, it, what's the the good and the bad of this? Well, first of all, uh, we just want to have our hostages hope. You know, um, 240 uh, people have been away from home in the hands of terrorists for 47 days now, and uh, people are praying for their health and safety. Um, it would have been nice if the IDF would have rescued more of them. They rescued only one. And uh, Hamas is a very cynical, nasty terrorist organization that uh, plays with human feelings and now wants to divide the people of Israel using these uh, prisoner exchanges, if you unfortunately is a word to describe what's going to be happening. They're not releasing 50 hostages. They're trading them for 150 terrorists that Israel will have to release from uh, Israeli prisons, uh, just like uh, apparently the 50... Uh, uh, Israelis released are going to be women and their children. Uh, the terrorists being released will be women and children too. And they said that they're not going to be terrorists. And they're not going to, excuse me, they're not going to be murderers who are going to be released, which is a very nice way of saying there will be attempted murderers that are going to be released. 
And so already the family members who were injured by these people who tried to kill them are raising an uproar. The uh, 150 who Israel is going to be releasing, um, their names are already out there because there's a, a possibility of a, a appealing to Supreme Court. Uh, whereas on for our people, they're not saying who they are yet. Hamas will only reveal it at the last minute to play with our emotions. Um, they're not doing anything on a humanitarian basis. Uh, they're trying to get Israelis to fight again. Yeah, uh, there's always this asymmetry, and whenever Israel fights these terrorist organization, uh, they don't fight fair. Uh, but uh, do you see a possibility, say, are journalists going to be allowed into northern Gaza where there's a lot of destruction? Is a mosque going to be presented in the, the global media, the mainstream media, as as the humane one and releasing these captives and, and that they're the ones who wanted a ceasefire? Yeah, they're, they're certainly, Hamas is going to be getting some good press here that they do not deserve. No. Uh, you know, equating the, the, they're releasing 50 women and children, uh, but they're getting back 150 women and children, like equating, you know, a, a baby yes. yeah. that, that they kidnapped with uh, uh, someone who tried to blow up a bus, right? Uh, um and uh, that's really there's there, there was someone who tried to plant a bomb on a bus that's being released. Aye, aye, aye. You know, they, they, they described it in the Israeli media overnight as some stone throwers and a couple of women who might have tried to stab someone with a knife, but uh, couldn't get away with it. Um, so also the fact that they're going to be releasing only 10 or to 12 at a time over four days now sets a precedent. They, they have 240. Mm -hmm. So after these 50 are gone, we need 19 more days of ceasefire in, in order to uh, bring home our, our hostages. They don't even know where all of them are. Uh, they don't control all of them, not even all the kids. Uh, and Israel's not done with this war. Mm -hmm. Israel still needs to go into southern Gaza mm -hmm. in order to complete the operation, in order to restore security. Or the Hamas who fled there are just going to go back and rearm. Yeah. Hopefully they get some information out of the, these releases on where some of the others are, and we do get some rescues and not just releases. And hopefully without as many hostages in the way, it makes it easy, Israel's job easier in, in going and, and mowing the grass in the rest of the Gaza Strip. Um, look, uh, you... Um, uh, you broke the story, I guess, around 10 days or so ago uh, about these four Palestinian photographers, photojournalists, uh, who their picture, their photos and, and reports are picked up in some of the major Western media like uh, the Associated Press, Reuters, New York Times, uh, uh, NBC that they were embedded with a Hamas terrorist who came across the border. And tell us a little more about that and how you found it and what sort of impact it's had. We received tips from media outlets themselves. We didn't feel comfortable uh, with uh, their organization employing people who, um, who uh, are unsavory people who uh, uh, had posted all kinds of disgusting things on social media and everything. And um, 
If I can, let me just uh, let me see if I can uh, share the article in photo. It's, you can, if you go to honestreporting.com, um, the article is still there on our, on our homepage. Um, so Honest Reporting, first of all, is a media watchdog that's pro-Israel. It's been around for more than 20 years. And uh, we, first of all, try to work with the media to try to um, get this, help them get the story right the first time. Yes, there's our, our friend, Hassan Asliyat. Here he is on the day of the attack uh, at tanks near the Eras Crossing. He called it a glorious day, didn't he? Okay, so the post of, in which he called it a glorious day was the day of the October 7th. Yep. This kissing of uh, Sinwar is not from that day, it's from before, but still very, very problematic. So um, we asked questions of how journalists, photo photographers knew to be there so early in the morning. We didn't say we knew they were embedded. We didn't say we knew they had foreknowledge. Uh, apparently Nasrallah didn't even know, or at least he claims, that of Hezbollah. But we still asked uh, why were they there so early. Um, these are people who sold pictures that day to AP and Reuters, who later were hired by CNN and by the New York Times. And so uh, it turned out that this particular gentleman, um, Asliath, was very close to the heads of Hamas and has been for a very long time and has put a lot of incitements on social media. And so he got fired because of our investigation from both the Associated Press and CNN, which should have vetted him better and found that picture with Sinwar, that he should have never hired him in the first place. And for the word for honest reporting, he would still be a source for news from people around the world. Uh, someone who celebrated what happened on October 7th took photos of, of things that he should have been stopping. Was he on like a retainer with these uh, media outlets or? CNN hired him on October 10th. Yeah. Um, and the Associated Press started taking his pictures that day. They might have been previous conflicts, I don't know. Uh, but um, uh, look, Israel has made a decision not to uh, let journalists come in from Israel to Gaza. And so the media outlets rely on uh, regular Gazans. Now, these Gazans went over into Israel. They do not have permission to go into Israel. They were, people go, who were going into Israel that day were going to murder and rape and kidnap. And uh, they were among them. So that is, they, they are at best uh, eyewitnesses of war crimes and at worst accomplices. Correct. And uh, uh, this gentleman, uh, a terrorist uh, accomplice, uh, Asliyev, is uh, the eighth journalist who either praised Hitler or Hamas, who has been fired or suspended since I took over Honest Reporting 16 months ago. Oh my! So that's great work in in digging this out, and uh, I mean, it, part of it shows the power of uh, social media the, today, the alternative media, rather than the legacy, the newspapers, the television, and such. That uh, uh, you know, I, the, I tell you, the social media uh, surrounding this war is horrendous. And a lot of it is controlled, state-based, uh, state-sponsored uh, uh, media manipulation by fake bots, isn't it? Uh, 
Yes. And look, there are a lot more Muslims around the world than there are Jews, you know, a, a, a billion compared to 15 million. Um, and there are uh, 25% of the Arab Muslim world is unemployed and educated. And so they've got a lot of time on their hands to be on social media. And uh, that's why we need all the help that we can. Uh, when, uh, you know, how this reporting is focused on mainstream media for 20 years. When I took over, I said, now we're doing social media too monitoring it because a lot of people more people get their news now among young people from uh tiktok and um, instagram than they do from regular news sites and so in 2022 uh the content of honest reporting was viewed by four million people around the world 2023 104 million so far since october 7th 70 million of which 45 percent are under 25 74 and a half percent under 35 i'm 46 90 percent younger than me mm. wow wow <laughs> you you're you're uh trending among the young folks Gil. congratulations on uh, your hard work and and well deserved uh that it's get getting getting out of the echo chamber so th th that's why i encourage you to share uh go, go down us reporting.com click subscribe and, and uh Follow us on, on Instagram and TikTok and uh, Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn so you could share that content. Yeah, it's very simple. Honestreporting.com and you know, you have all the links to their other social media there. Uh, Gil, you know, this is just not a, another round. You know, we we have the Second Inifada, this rocket war, that war, 2009, 2011, 2014, the second Lebanon war of 2006. It's just one after the other. But this one's different, especially because of what happened on October 7th, the mass pogrom against Jews and, and the rapes and mutilations and burned bodies, really just horrible carnage. And how has the overall media coverage been so far? It seems there was a lot of sympathy in those first days, but then it turned against Israel once the bombing campaign starts in Gaza. Uh, and, and Israel is usually not so good, the official channels not so good in responding to all this, but are they doing better now? Okay, so we've got two different questions there. How is the media doing? And how is Israel officially doing and responding to it? Yeah. So um, first of all, how the media is doing, I think you hit it right on the head there, David, that the first couple of days we had positive coverage. You know, uh, they had uh, newspapers around the world, got the picture of a young Israeli woman named Noah Argamani being dragged into Gaza. Again, how do those photographers get there so fast? Um, uh, with uh, the headlines, uh, don't kill me in the Daily Mail, a uh, war crime in the New York Post. Uh, the Australians uh, cover said Israel's 9-11, unbearable cruelty of terror savages. Um, and uh, as time went on, the coverage got less good. You know, first CNN was really sympathetic. Anderson Cooper was here and he cried about uh, what he saw in uh, the... Uh, the Bob shelters from the uh, dance festival where young, so many young people were murdered. Um, Dana Bash, one of the top anchors there at CNN, read the Kaddish Memorial Prayer on live TV. 
And uh, but then already by day three, you had to John Vouse, one of the top anchors on CNN, said nine million Palestinians live in Gaza, one of the most densely populated areas in the world. Nine million. Okay, they're off by only seven million, and uh, it does not crack the top eighty most densely populated areas in the world. Tel Aviv does. Uh, uh, then, David, do you want to guess what the most pop densely populated city on earth is? Uh, I know one of the most popular regions is Holland uh, in the Netherlands, but uh, I would say something like Mexico City or Nig uh, Lagos, Nigeria, or Tokyo, one of those areas. Those are all great guesses, and they're all above Gaza out of the list. The answer is Manila. Manila, Philippines, yeah. Yeah, never been there. Um, anybody here want to invite me from, from Manila? I'll be happy to come. Gil at honestreporting.com. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the CNN, it, it got worse over time. Uh, the New York Times was much quicker at getting negative coverage uh, already, saying hours into the war, the headline, Gaza and Israel go to war after militants launch attacks. So like already equating, you know, the people murdered by 1,200 people, it's like, saying, uh, you know, uh, um, airline passengers uh, spar with uh, people who, other people who wanted to fly out of those planes on September 11th. Uh, and uh, instead of uh, talking about the, what we've been through in, in the oh, largest number of Jews murdered in one day since the Holocaust, every day away from October 7th, the coverage gets worse and worse and worse. October 7th is already completely forgotten by too many media outlets, and we cannot let that happen. We have to remind the world why we are taking steps now to restore our security. Um, now we get to Israel's Hasbara efforts, and yes. they've been showing this film, 45 Minutes. I saw it uh, along with your wife, Mayan, and it was a photo that went out of us, our reactions. I found some footage on social media that was even worse, and they actually go e easy on us. There's even worse than that out, out there that, that the Arabs were, were gleeful about. But is it helping to show this to some, some of the media outlets uh, in private sessions where you go and look and you know every week you have more? Is it still keeping the memory of what happened that day alive and and fighting a lot of the denial uh, against it. Look, uh, they're, they're, I think they were really smart in, in, instead of just releasing this and, and on the, the first day they had it and then it would make some headlines and it'd be gross a lot of people out and then be forgotten. Instead, they've been showing it to influencers around the world little by little, uh, your journalists, your ambassadors, your spokespeople for uh, international Christian embassies, uh, and uh, your other really important people. This week, it, it was shown by... Um, Gilad Erdogan. At the United Nations. Yeah, Gilad Erdogan. Um, and uh, that, that had an important impact, too. And here, but that's a good way of maximizing what they're doing. And to answer your earlier question about Hasbro in general, about Israel's public diplomacy efforts, I think they're better than they ever were before. Mm. I think they were a lot quicker than ever before. Um, in the past, they didn't care about how we're seen around the world. The current leadership of the IDF realizes that winning on the media battlefield is the key to winning on the military battlefield. 
uh, a quote originally attributed to Osama bin Laden, out of all people, has become popular lately in woke circles. Um, and um, it's true. Um, and so in the past, it took the IDF days, weeks to uh, respond whenever anything looked really bad that Israel did. It When the Al-Ali Hospital um, reports came out and the entire world, uh, journalists, uh, reported what the Hamas health department said as if it's- 500 dead at the- 500 dead and mostly women and children as if it's gospel from Jesus. That that is obviously true, even though it came from Hamas. It took the idea four hours to bring conclusive evidence that it wasn't Israel, that it was an errant rocket by Osama Jihad. It didn't hit the hospital. It hit the parking lot. Maybe 50 people killed, no more than that, which is still a tragedy, but not our fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not four seconds mm-hmm. like the media has patience for, but four hours a lot better than four weeks. And it was in the middle of the night, I remember, And but it was good that Israel didn't wait till morning. They got it out there as soon as they can for media west of us to already have it. Sure, Judge Conrakis, uh, the spokesman, uh, he gave it to CNN first, exclusively, and then to the media rumble. And by the time President Biden landed, he said it looks like uh, the other side did it. It was, you know, it was an own goal which was very important. It was his big official visit here, and that was, you know, as he was flying here, that happened, and within a couple of hours, they show it was an Islamic Jihad stray rocket. Very good uh, work on that. Yes, we'll come a long way in, yeah. in defending itself, and, and, and this is important because public diplomacy is what gives Israel more time to get this uh, effort done to restore its security. Hamas uh, wars in Gaza lasted only a few days, and the international pressure shut them down. Hey, we're going to get a 50th day of this war this weekend. If you would have asked me, David, on October 6th, is it possible that Biden will let Netanyahu run a 50-day war in Gaza? No way. And here it's happening. Why is it possible to happen? Well, first of all, there's the international legitimacy because of what happened on October 7th. There is an understanding also that if we don't defeat terror, terror will be emboldened around the world. Mm-hmm. There's the unity inside Israel that gives us more strength and legitimacy. There's some American politics involved in what way I don't really know yet. Uh, but it's also because the media looked terrible. The pressure, directly or indirectly, would be coming from the media. And with what happened with that hospital that day and our discoveries at Honest Reporting and the AP guy that we got fired and the New York Times Nazi that they rehired, mm-hmm. all, all these incidents, one after another after another, all have put egg on the face of the media, which weakens the pressure on President Biden and other world leaders and allows this war to end successfully. You know, it's a lot of hard work. You got to be diligent, but uh, it's a battle for truth that uh, to catch up with the lies that spread uh, so fast. There's a bo- a real battle when you talk about media pressure on Israel. A real battle around these hospitals used by Hamas as human shields for for um uh, and for military purposes. Of course, they found evidence that hostages were held at the Rantisi Hospital. 
and and what's been found at Red Hospital and Al Shifa. How is Israel doing in that battle? Because you see the BBC and CNN saying, ah, what they've shown so far is kind of weak. How do you think they're doing there? Seems very cautious approach, but finding uh, the stuff of substance. Look, David, it could be better. No. I mean, you know, we were hoping to go into Shifa and kill Sinwar and Dave, the leaders of Hamas, and, you know, uh, bring the whole bunch of hostages home and dozens of them. I, I said Israel's telegraphing its punches too much. You know they're coming for days. They're, they're getting closer and closer. Exactly. You know, they made fun of the spokesman's unit of the army on uh, Eretz Nederet, our uh, satire show last night. They, they showed uh, the spokesman saying, well, and we're going to be going to the south, but this time we're not saying that we're going in exactly three days at 3 p.m. <laughs> you know, um, uh, yeah, we, we, we didn't end up uh, riding into the sunset back from Gaza with, with, with dozens of hostages, and it's disappointing. We raised some expectations there on a couple different fronts to the point that anything that we've presented, even if it's very impressive, is disappointing not only to BBC and, and other hostile media outlets, but to people who love Israel, too. But I do think uh, Hamas never uh, releases any hostages this early, this this easily, and for for uh, a three to one swap. Uh, even though you can't draw moral equivalence between the Israeli hostages and these terrorists being freed from jail by Hamas, Israel Hamas standards, it's pretty good. I think it's because Israel, uh, the their steady advances. Uh, basically, Hamas was about l- to lose control over over its hostages. They, you would it wouldn't be able to have a unified uh, processing and of them. And I think that has forced Hamas's hand to at least start freeing some of them. Please God, please God, uh, may this be the something as you said that will lead to Israel being able to discover hostages based on. Uh, what they hear from the ones that come out and and uh, uh, seeing where they're coming out from. I mean, the drones aren't allowed to be in the air, but we have satellites, so it's kind of a weird demand. And and uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I think let's hope that this leads to really good news finally, because we had only one Ori Megadish, one young woman come home, and that's the only you know, positive that we've had the whole war. Yeah. Uh, one of the the real pressure points on Israel in, in the media. It's not only been the hospitals, but the doctors in them, along, you know, getting quoted, doctor this and doctor that. He says, uh, no power, no lights, babies are dying, whatever. And you don't know whether there are true Hamas loyalists or they're afraid of Hamas. And it's kind of like uh, calling up Dr. Mengele in the middle of World War II and and he's complaining that he he doesn't have enough twins, you know, where they're all dying. We got to do something. It's really crazy to to go and and rely on sources that are very likely Hamas loyalists themselves. Absolutely, I, I you mean when you watch anyone from Gaza, wherever you are around the world, please realize that they're saying what Hamas wants them to say because they don't want to die. Then that includes journalists, that, that includes doctors, any kind of expert. Um, it's a problem. Whereas when you're watching Israelis, 
you're watching real genuine people who aren't told what to say by the government. They, you know, you had uh, even uh, a, a particular uh, kidnapped person was released and criticized the Israeli government, not only before she left, but after. Um, because she was one of the leaders of her protests against the Israeli government after, uh, before the war. You know, uh, we're real <laughs> with all our words. Yeah, I know Israel, the, the medical profession here, is one of the real shining examples of, of Jewish Arab coexistence, working together every day in the in the hospitals uh, and all. But uh, you know, there's there's been doctors in Shifa that are being quoted by the media. I think there's a photo of one that surfaced. He was holding a gun a few years back and and doing some really uh, you know why they rely on him so much. I, I'm curious, uh, usually in these, these clashes with Hamas, Islamic Jihad, Hezbollah, Israel is always uh, giving, uh, you know, they're honest about the casualties they're suffering, but they're also giving a running count of what the enemy is suffering, their casualties, but the IDF isn't doing that, and it's left Hamas to put out a lot of crazy figures that might be inflated, that might be underestimates. It's not the Israeli army that's supposed to be counting how many people died in Gaza. Um, I talked to the Israeli health department. Uh, they say it's really, really hard to keep track of because, you know, they don't really have records in Gaza, and uh, they, they um, their uh, the population registry goes by name, father's name. Um, and uh, the uh, Hamula, the, the group of uh, extended family group that they're part of. Um, um, it's very complicated. What the Hamas is doing very cynically is they're including all deaths as if they're all caused by Israel. You know, yes, you know, people people die from smoking every day around the world, right? So uh, we didn't tell them to smoke, you know, and uh, people die of old age and I mean, very all kinds of things. I have heart attacks from. The, the, they also die from being hit by Hamas rockets, yeah, which exactly. is happening every day. Um, and uh, yet it's all one big number. Uh, they've not kept track of any civilian uh, deaths uh, the entire war. So people need to be very careful when they listen to those numbers. Okay. There's also this battle over the, you know, the really chilling concepts of genocide, war crimes, in the media, where a lot of media is just allowing all sorts of people to uh, to spout, uh, you know, uh, accusations against Israel. How is Israel doing in that battle, uh, the official Hasbara and, and the rest of us who are fighting this? Okay, so we uh, need to be telling the world that, that uh, genocide is what Hamas uh, attempted to do to us. They went from house to house trying to kill as many Jews as they can. Uh, that is exactly what genocide is. While we have told the Palestinians in Gaza, move further south where you won't be harmed, we sent leaflets and, and and text messages and everything to get them away. And yet people are still saying seriously that, that Israel is committing genocide. Um, I, I was very appreciative of uh, John Kirby, the Defense Department, uh, secretary in Washington, who, when he was asked about uh, Biden being called Joe Genocide by left-wing extremists, 
he said, no, that what Hamas is doing is attempted genocide, and though what Israel is doing is absolutely not. So um, we, we have to be thankful. Look, there, I, I, I know that there are a lot of people in America watching this who didn't vote for Joe Biden, uh, but um, so far he's done a lot that Israelis really appreciate, even the most right-wing Israeli politicians and the most right-wing um, government in Israel's history have been saying that uh, uh, what President Biden has done has been a, a very welcome uh, uh, effort. Yeah, I, I think that for President Biden himself, someone like John Kirby, he, he actually shed a tear at the microphone one day uh, that that what happened on October 7th did touch the raw nerve of the Holocaust, and they're not going to let that dissipate uh, so quickly. Even a, a traditional uh, Democrat like Biden, it uh, he's not always been the most principled supporter of Israel. Sometimes he's played politics. But uh, I have to say, my sense is he's done a very, he's done an overall a, a good job in giving Israel the room it needs to deal with Hamas. Um, look, I'm I've been uh, just uh, very upset with all the UN officials who are spouting this genocide, war crimes against Israel, uh, ethnic cleansing, whatever you want to say, humanitarian crisis really on all the media, and it's Human Rights Council, it's WHO, the World Health Organization, it's the special rapporteur, she, uh, the one lady, Francesco Albanese, is, is particularly irritating, but I, and, and UNRWA officials as well, but for me, a lot of this screaming and yelling was trying to stop Israel from rolling into Gaza like they have and exposing how the the UN itself and UNRWA are have have aided and abetted. It takes a village, Hillary Clinton says, and it took all everyone operating in Gaza to to develop this uh, death culture that that Hamas uh, inculcated in in several generations in Gaza. Is there any media really looking into this seriously, how the UN itself has been complicit and shouldn't have a role there? Is anyone really exposing this? I sure wish there was. The person exposing it is a, uh, a veteran journalist named David Bedeen. Yeah. D-E-I-N, and people should uh, Google him and the work that he's done is in exposing UNRWA for decades. Uh, because there the UN goes and then they judge us and they criticize us and they condemn us when a, a lot of what happened on October 7th is absolutely their fault. They educated pe people to hate, uh, to anti-Semitism instead of educating them for tolerance and love. And um, unfortunately, the United Nations has spread uh, a lot of hate around the world and harmed a lot of people and resulted in a lot of deaths. Uh, they've done a, a they, this was an organization that was intended to do a lot of good, and they've done a, a lot more harm than good from the Israeli perspective o, o, over the years. And it's a it's a darn shame. I mean, I I think it was very telling, very symbolic that uh, in the Rantisi Hospital in the basement where they saw evidence, the rope around a chair leg and other evidence that hostages were held there, that there was a baby bottle 
on type uh, of a, a World Health Organization, a WHO uh, medical kit hanging on the wall. It just, they had to have known. And there was a U.S. Uh, former U.S. aid director, all the U.S. aid to uh, Judea Samaria, West Bank and Gaza, who said it, it's it's their worst kept secret. It's an open secret in Gaza that the whole, even the medical profession, UNRWA, everyone is in bed with with Hamas. Yeah. yeah yes. Uh, too many international organizations have played a negative role. One of the uh, um, clauses in the deal with Hamas is that the Red Cross is supposed to finally uh, go see the hostages. Excuse me? Why have they not seen the hostages yet? Please. If they were non-Jews, and a lot of them are non-Jews, but if, they, if it was elsewhere around the world, don't you think they would have been there on day one? Yeah. Why are they not there? Yeah. Uh, they, they, the Red Cross has its own sort of history of uh, at least the the head office in Geneva, the International Committee. They let in all these Red Crescent societies, which kept Magen David Adom, the Israeli equivalent, out. And they never, they were, you know, indifferent at best to, I don't know if they've ever helped in any sort of Israeli hostage situation over the years, but there were Christians who went and met with the head of the Red Cross uh, about a month ago in Geneva. It was uh, represent. one of them was representing the Israeli government, uh, but a Christian, and they they said she she actually seems to have a heart for Israel, and she actually went and met with uh, uh, Ismail Haniyeh in Qatar. This, yeah, so maybe maybe something is changing there. But you're right; the the Red Cross has been indifferent to Israel and Jewish suffering over the decades, at best, and perhaps even anti-Semitic at times in some of their officials. Um, do you see any bright spots? Who who gets a gold star in their media coverage, say, among the foreign media, whether in the land or abroad? Fox uh, did not report that Israel bombed the hospital. The New York Post has repeatedly had positive coverage of Israel, and we appreciate the Sun in London put a picture of all the different uh, uh, kidnapped on and their cover so uh people wouldn't forget and that was already a month into the war um uh, but in general uh I, I don't recommend getting news about israel even now in times of war from foreign media mm -hmm. uh you know i remember when i was at northwestern the top journalism school in the world in chicago they brought uh the foreign editor of the christian science monitor to meet with students that wanted to work abroad had he explained the way things work, how we they send people for three years to Moscow and then three years to Jerusalem and three years to Beijing, and then maybe they get to go to Washington. Um, I told him afterward, your business model doesn't make sense. By the time you know what's going on, understand the background, maybe a little of the language, you're leaving across the globe. So with all due respect, your local media, I think you should read to get find out what's going on in crime in your neighborhood and the sports scores and the weather. If you want to know what's going on in Israel, please read the Jerusalem Post. Um, the uh, deputy CEO there knows what she's doing. <laughs> Very good. Full disclosure there. I just want to 
show this uh, picture again right here and ask you who gets the kiss of Senwar that's really been helping Hamas, who's really been uh, uh, unbearable in, in the way they're covering this. The worst? Gosh, the last few days, the Washington Post has been surprisingly awful. You know, you, you, you'd expect there to be problems uh, with BBC and Sky in England, the, the Guardian there, um, and, and in America, uh, MSNBC is particularly problematic. But uh, every day we open the Washington Post and we're shocked mm. at uh, how biased and anti-Israel the coverage has been. We, we, we weren't expecting that. It didn't used to be that way even a few months ago. It's now owned by Jeff Bezos of Amazon. And I don't know if it's a directive from him or just somebody there. Well, there's something going on there. And and uh, exactly what are they reporting? <laughs> um, In my Washington Post guy is down there he, every day. He finds something else that, that's very problematic that they've done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, uh, I think one of the... Uh, what we call parachute journalism. The journalists, the, these guys come in from abroad, they parachute in and act immediately like they're experts on, on every subject regarding the Israel-Arab conflict, Israel-Palestinian. I think Christian Amanpour gave us a good dose of it. Uh, what was it yesterday? Talking to Ehud Barak, who she was very selective in her guests. She picks someone who has a, a real bone to pick, a revenge against Bibi, against Netanyahu, the prime minister. But he said there's these, uh, Israel built the bunkers under the hospital at Al-Shifa. She says, what? I didn't know that. I mean, I thought everyone in the media knew this. That, that's showing her ignorance. But uh, can you explain what we're talking about uh, underneath Shifa? Underneath Shifa is uh, where the, the terror headquarters of uh, Hamas, acknowledged by uh, Washington. And um, Israel helped build this hospital. We used to control Gaza, and uh, we tried to help the people of Gaza. So yes, we built hospitals, and Israeli architects built Shifa, and there were reasons for having things be underground. And, and um, Every big building has basements, hospitals and everything. Yeah, basements. Absolutely. You know, it, remember, the only hospital that's really, really been bombed uh, was uh, the Israeli hospital in, in Ashkelon. The maternity ward was hit by a rocket. Mm -hmm. But the maternity ward was already moved underground. Mm -hmm. So it, nobody was hurt. Mm -hmm. um, that's what we do. And uh, it's Christian Amanpour. Uh, time and time again, has tried to make this a tit-for-tat, equalized symmetry in a, in a false kind of way that's been very problematic. Do you want another bright spot, though, David? And mm -hmm. I want to work in because we're coming to the end here. The 15th of November, last week, last Thursday, was a historic day because the BBC apologized not once but twice. At first, they reported in the morning that with the is Israel going into Shifa, that they decided to go in and target Arabic speakers and medical personnel. Yeah, mean everybody there, right? Uh, uh, when the truth is, they said we would they would be going in with soldiers who are Arabic speakers and medical personnel. Um, and uh, they apologized a couple hours later. They said this is beneath our editorial standards. 
And then later on that day, they said there were 10,000 people who attended the pro-Israel rally in Washington. There, there, there were 10,000, but there were also 280 other thousand people there that uh, uh, they ignored. And uh, later on, they apologized for that one, too. Now, I've spoken to uh, people who've been watching the BBC religiously for a lot longer than I've been alive. No one remembers them apologizing for their Israel coverage twice in one day. Um, Never. Yeah. 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 They, and they've decided you can't use the word terrorism in, in connection with Hamas. They're not terrorists. Uh, uh, well, President Herzog complained to Prime Minister Sunak about that. And he probably, they, the BBC then promised it would change, though they would say, um, maybe not immediately, but in part of their report that Hamas is recognized as a terrorist organization by Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do see elements, and even in the BBC and CNN and, and a lot of their print, where they're balancing things out. They're giving, you know, according to Hamas, they're saying so many casualties, there's no way to verify. Some may be from own rockets, uh, you know, and, and a lot, you know, a lot of them may be uh, armed combatants. But uh, we just appreciate uh, your time and input here, Gil. We uh, pray for the best for you and and being a, a, a truth teller, a monitor of uh, of the media. Important aspect of this battle. There's all, all kinds of accusations against uh, the Jewish people in Israel, even on a a, a nice uh, sunny day. But this is a very difficult time, and it's a constant vigil that you're keeping, and all the best in that. Gil gave some information there in the chat on how to reach them, but it's just honestreporting.com, and if they want to write you, how? We're going to write action at honestreporting.com. If you want to report about anything you see that's problematic in the media, write Gil at honestreporting.com if you want to invite me to speak in your community. Uh, speaking tours are coming up in North America four times in 2024, just in England twice. I'm happy to go other countries around the world and tell people the truth. And if you could support out us reporting in any way, uh, there are two buttons on our website. There's a, a red one that says uh, subscribe and there's a green one too. Please click on both. Thank you. And uh, I can uh, recommend Gil as a speaker uh, in better times, he is very humorous, very entertaining, and uh, you uh, you enjoy hearing from him. Gil has the distinction, I think he's spoken in all 50 states. All 50 states, that's quite a... In seven of the 10 provinces in Canada. Okay, working on it. Okay, Canada, inviting. Look, we got people in Asia, all uh, Latin America, Africa, all over the world watching now. We appreciate your time. Uh, all the best to Gil Hoffman, the executive director of Honest Reporting. It's at honestreporting.com, always battling the uh, the media and their coverage of Israel. And uh, tomorrow, remind you, uh, our webinar series will have uh, Israel's multi-front battle with uh, our friend, uh, IDF Brigadier General in the Reserves, Amir uh, um, Avivi. Uh, he's head of the Israel Defense and Security Forum. We're going to be talking more about this hostage deal. I know he still has some reservations about it. Tune in tomorrow, 3 p.m. Israel time, 
for uh, tomorrow's webinar. This is, this webinar will be up on uh, on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. So tell your friends, share it with everyone. Thanks for your time. Shalom from Jerusalem.